Hello everyone, welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode 15. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. It is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse three, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see Christ and to see that he is living and working in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. It's Labor Day weekend, which brings me to two scriptures I'd like to share with you. From the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, it reads, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And then from the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 22, it reads, If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. As Labor Day approaches, I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say that they are looking forward to a three-day weekend. It makes me wonder, why is work so tiresome and why are so many people so physically and emotionally drained that there is a need for a break, a need for rest? You must ask yourself, what am I filling my day with and what things are in my life that make me weary? What things aren't contributing to my life or draining me and what will or can I do about it? Maybe it isn't work at all that has you tired. Maybe it's the lack of goals and the excessive focus on what the world thinks we need. Notice when I first started this podcast, I spoke about being physically and emotionally drained, but there's another part of who we are that I left out. And that one thing I left out just may be what is making you weary. And that thing is the absence of filling your spirit. The workplace isn't the place where godliness tends to reside. We leave our spirituality outside the door, and therefore, we leave the most important part of who we are out of the workplace. Faith isn't something businesses care about. Faith isn't something that we turn on or turn off if it's true faith, faith in Christ. Yes, there may be some organizations that are faith-based. However, business is business, and business must still be conducted. And oftentimes, business and faith don't necessarily align. Their concern usually in business is the bottom line. I know that shouldn't be the case, but unfortunately, in far too many cases, it is true. I remember 9-11-2001. Two planes were flown into the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, and it caused both towers to collapse. A third plane was crashed into the Pentagon just outside Washington, D.C., it was the beginning of the workday, and all of a sudden, panic spread throughout the office. People were upset and crying and concerned. I worked in a management role. However, that role didn't include ministering. Yet, when this occurred, countless people who knew of my faith and how I didn't hide it or leave it at the door when I walked in the building, they would come to me and they wanted to know how to feel, what to do, how could they find peace in this terrible situation and the inner turmoil that they were feeling? 
They no longer were focused on business nor any bottom line. They were human, concerned about others, concerned about themselves, concerned about the country, concerned about the threat of war, concerned about the unknown. Only God can bring peace in troubling times, in times you don't know or have any control about the outcome. Work for many is necessary, and with the changes made over the last few years, work, at least for some, work isn't as difficult as it used to be. The ability to work from home is something I would have longed for years ago. Being able to put my kids on the bus and come inside and pour a cup of coffee and then go to my desk and work, that would have been a dream. Later, however, I was able to do so, and I didn't take it for granted. When I hear people who have this benefit complaining about work, it makes me wonder why there is a lack of appreciation for their employer or what God has allowed and the things that they are allowed to do. Which takes me back to my initial thought. It isn't the work per se that presents a need for rest, but the missing spirituality that is a part of who we are. God breathed into us. He breathed into humankind. And when he did, we became living souls. As living souls, there's a need to be fulfilled and souls aren't fed by bread and water. Souls are fed by the spirit of God, the originator. And nothing, I mean nothing, can substitute for his presence. Now I know some of you are already dismissing this notion and that's okay. I'm speaking from my personal experience. I've had some amazing jobs with some amazing people, yet experienced such a great sense, great sense of dissatisfaction that I often wanted to blame on my employer. However, through time and negative experiences, some brought on by myself, I found that my tiredness, weariness, and need to take a day off was a result of being unfulfilled and only God could fill that empty space. Let me let you inside my journey for just a moment. When I was living as I wanted to, I saw nor felt a need for God at least to have him in any significant space in my life. But an episode totally outside of work caused me to find and feel what was missing. From experiencing high anxiety and panic attacks, as much as I should have been happy, I wasn't. And nothing external was bringing peace. Doctors sought to address it with medicine and talk therapy, yet none of those remedies worked. But they did serve as a catalyst in encouraging me to examine what was really going on inside of me. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, let us not to become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we didn't give up, he was encouraging them and he was, in, he was guiding them to not trust in their flesh because flesh is perishable. We are all going to leave here one day. He was telling them that there is a reward for doing what is right and remaining steadfast. Instead of trusting in what we can do, we need the power of God's Holy Spirit. I'll admit, when you're working and doing good, it can be tiring. Yet, Paul tells us to keep up the good work because there is a reward. It's like a farmer you notice a farmer will get up early and work long, hard hours to plant a crop because he believes if he does what is necessary, it will yield a good crop. He doesn't know if it's going to rain. He doesn't even know if the conditions will be right for his crop to be healthier or that it will thrive. 
but he believes it because he, he's steadfast. He does it. And every year he's able to see the results of his hard work. So does our work. When we work, we should work as if we're working for Christ because we are. We are his workmanship. We've been created for good works. Everyone won't appreciate what you do. You'll have the naysayers calling you things like brown noser and teacher's pet or who cares. When you have the power of God in you, operating in you, you can be sure that you're investing in your future, your eternal future. And then there's that scripture I gave you earlier from Philippians 1 and verse 22, where Paul talks about going on to live in the body, meaning his time for heaven had not yet come. But living in this body is an opportunity to continue to plant seeds, to do the work Jesus purposed for him to do, just like the farmer. He knows that if he shares Christ, that eventually it will get watered and it will grow and it will reap a harvest for Christ. He explained it would be fruitful labor for him to be here in the body. Uh, he wasn't talking about food. He was speaking of what was to come, which is eternity. Yes, he was speaking of whatever time he had on earth. Whatever he did, he was doing for the Lord. Didn't matter if he was tired or feeling weary. He made a choice to work for him. And we make choices in who we work for. Doing our jobs as if working for Christ is a living witness of the presence of God in us. That alone can reap a harvest for Christ. Think of the many people who watch you, those you know and those you don't know. They watch you to see how you'll respond when life, when work gets hard. His indwelling spirit is like Paul when he said, his meaning Christ, indwelling spirit is like Paul when he said, I've learned to be content in whatever situation I'm in. He didn't say he liked it, but he was at peace with it. When we apply for jobs, usually it is to obtain wages, some kind of compensation to help in our day-to-day -day lives. That is a good thing because the Bible does say if a man does not work, then neither shall he eat. It was sin from the beginning of time that caused the need for labor. It was a punishment rendered for disobedience. But that punishment wouldn't and will not last forever. And knowing this, we should be grateful that we can work. And when we work, work as if we're working for the Lord. So I'm not trying to be a buzzkill, but I am trying to encourage you to appreciate the fact that you have employment, that you are able to take care of your home and your families, that you have good health for. There are some who would be glad to be in your shoes. And bear in mind that it is the Lord, Jesus Christ, who has given us these opportunities and we must not take them for granted. You know, Jesus said he, was do, he must do the works of, the, of him that sent him. Even Jesus worked. This Labor Day was born off of the sacrifice and sweat of workers over 200 years ago when people worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, just to eke out a basic living. It would be almost 100 years later that Labor Day would become an official holiday. We here in America don't nearly work as much as those before us. Plus, we've experienced so many advancements in modern times that work isn't as laborious as it was for our forefathers and mothers. Working conditions have improved, and yet there is still much to be done. This Labor Day, I encourage you to take a look at it from the eyes of people who would have loved 
to have the advantages that we have. Look at it and thank God for it. When you get up in the morning and go to that job, be thankful and ask God to go with you, to go before you and to tell it and even ask him to show you where he is that you might walk with him that day. That doesn't mean that you can, can't can be excited about a three-day weekend, uh, but be thankful. And when you return to work, work as if you were working for the Lord, because we are. And who's to say that someone's life may be changed, uplifted because of your attitude and actions on the job. Wherever we go, we are Christ's representatives. <laughs> I'm sure you've already known that. That's kind of the newsflash. The next time you go to work, whether from home or in your office, start by spending a few minutes engaging with Christ, however you choose to do it, whether it's in prayer, thanking him, asking him to be with you, asking him to guide you, asking him to give you courage, whatever it is, or maybe reading a devotion, maybe a short one or two minute devotion before you get out of the car as soon as you get to your desk, or meditate on him and see the difference in how you view your work. In your work, take Christ with you and be faithful to him and don't forego what is right. Be steadfast, exhibiting the teachings of Christ and don't work begrudgingly, but in appreciation of what God has given you, what he's given us, the skills, the intelligence, the physical strength. Keep them in mind and, and have the heart to do what is required of you, to do what is right. There is an eternal reward for those who do, and I believe that's each of you. Until next time, brothers and sisters, happy Labor Day. God bless you, and be sure to see Christ, to see the sunrise, to see him in your everyday life situations.